Take your Bibles and turn with me to Revelation chapter 5. Revelation chapter 5. If you would please stand for the reading of God's Word if you're able to. Revelation chapter 5. Revelation chapter 5. And we've got, uh, of course, we've been preaching a series that we have titled What uh, Our uh, Power in That Name. And there's power in the name of, uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's so many things that He's trying to teach us with His name. Uh, whether it be a title through the title of his name or his name, and there's so many different names, and there's actually, there, if you go through it, there's there's several hundred. You say we're going to be in this series that long? No, we're not going to cover all of them, but uh, there is several hundred, like six, almost seven hundred different names and titles of Jesus Christ uh, throughout the New Testament, the Old Testament, both uh, that we could go through and begin to preach them, and uh, but. Uh, I think it's, it's good for us to understand because there's a reason that the Lord has given us those names, and that is that we might know Him better, but also that it might direct our lives and how that we're to live according even by the name of Jesus Christ. Revelation chapter 5, we'll begin reading verse 1. It says, And I saw in the right hand of Him that sat on the throne of a book, on, on the throne, a book written within and on the backside sealed with seven seals. And I saw a, a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not. Behold, the line of the tribe of Judah, a root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. We, in verse 5, we could just, there's names right there that we could deal with, but those aren't the ones we're looking at tonight. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and, in the, of, the, and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb as it had been slain. Having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the, the book out of the right hand of him that sat, sat on the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every, and every, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints." And they sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou hast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and hast made us, to, made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beast and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. Pretty good sized group there worshiping the Lord. Amen. Saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I sing, blessing and honor and glory 
and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. If you look back in verse 12 with me there, it says, Saying with a loud voice, notice this, Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. I'd like to preach a message that I've titled, Who is Worthy? Let's pray. Father, we come to you and we ask, Lord, that you'd meet with us. And Lord, as we look and Lord, as we think upon this worthiness of the Lamb of God, Lord, I pray that you did strengthen us and help us, Lord, to glorify you. Thou art worthy. And Lord, I pray now that you would strengthen us and guide us, Lord, through the scripture tonight, Lord, and help us, Lord, to draw near to you. And we'll give you the honor and we'll give you the glory for what you want to do. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated. The worthy lamp. Notice there also in verse 2, it says, And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy? Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? We find here John the Revelator. He's been caught up into heaven and, and he sees the Heavenly Father sitting upon a throne with a book in his right hand. And it's sealed. It's got seven seals on it. Let me give you a little something here. Did you ever notice on the back of your Bible, most of you, and mine's about wore out now, but generally on most of your Bibles, especially if it's a King James Bible, if it's a leather type Bible, you're going to find seven little ribs up through there, seven seals. But we find here that he's saying, who can open this book? I'm not talking about the Bible here, but he's saying, who can open this book? Revelation 5.1 there says, And I saw on the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within, and on the backside sealed with seven seals. There's a great angel who begins the, the search, you might say. And he's looking across heaven, and he's asking, Who can open the book? Who can break open the seals? Who can open this book? Who can read from this book? Who can declare to us what's in this book? Who can loose these seals that has it bound? And so we see there that the question is asked, who's worthy? Who's worthy? And verse 2 again says, And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? There's something very special about this book because it's not just anybody can open the book. If you'll notice there, even the angel, uh, which is called a strong angel, is unable to open the book. And so what we find here, notice the question again, it's not who is strong enough. Who's, it's not who has the most power. It's not who is powerful enough to break the seals on that book. But who is worthy? Who is worthy? Who is able to do that? Who, who is the one that can open that? Who is worthy to open the book? Because therein lies, if whoever is, is worthy to open the book, therein lies the power to open the book because he is worthy. We find there, and you know, man's not worthy to open it. As we look at this, here's John standing there, and John couldn't open it. John is a man that was serving God, and God called him up to give him a revelation and 
to, to deliver to you and me and to all mankind throughout the ages of time. So he must have been a godly man. He must have been a man that uh, was trying to please God and serve God because God caught him up into, into heaven to see this. But John was not worthy. John was not able to open the seals. John was not able to open the book. Throughout heaven, no doubt, and at this time, let's, let's, let's just get right where it's at. At this particular time, John's caught up in heaven. They look around heaven, there is nobody else there that is worthy. There's other angels, there's others that's died and, and went to heaven. And nobody is able to open the book. The only way it can be opened is by one that is worthy to open it. Not by a person with great strength or even great knowledge. Man's not worthy. Look here in verse 3. Said in no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth. You say, why did it say that? Under the earth. Because even Moses and Abraham and those who were the Old Testament patriarchs and saints still in the grave were not able or not worthy to open the seals on the book. He absolutely does away with everybody. He said, no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book. Notice what he says here. Neither to look thereon. John said, And I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book. Neither to look thereon. This is some book. This is an amazing book. And he's saying the angel is looking for somebody to open it. And said, no man is able, notice this, to open it, to read it, hang on, even to look upon it. Nobody, the angels of heaven could not. No man that was alive on the earth could. No man that was in heaven could. No man that was under the earth could. You know, we've got such an elevated conception of ourselves. Sometimes we think we're just pretty good, don't we? We think we're pretty well sufficient and worthy of about anything sometimes. Oh, you know, we'll get a little bit, you know, we'll get to a little bit of a place there where we kind of think, well, you know, yeah, I'm not the greatest, but you know, I'm not too bad either. Sometimes we get a pretty good awakening when we find out that we're not worthy. God was showing us, hey, listen, there is no man that's worthy. Here we see the reality of man, that man is dust, and that man is unworthy even before God. Uh, over the years, I've heard different ones say, you know, when I get to heaven, boy, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to run up and I'm going to throw my arms around Jesus Christ and just thank him. No, you're not. First thing you do when you get to heaven, you're going to fall on your face. Amen. 
and I'm going to fall on my face. Why? Because there's one that's so worthy that we'll not even be able to look upon him for a while. For the first time, we'll see ourselves for who we really are. For the first time, we'll see how vile we are. For the first time, we'll see how we should have lived more for the Lord and how we should have put everything, just everything else is just nothing. You know, I got, I, I got an email from my brother today, and, and my brother, and, and some of you have heard him preach on, on, on prophecy, and he's very good on prophecy. He stays up on prophecy. He, he studies it, and he studies it, and he watches things. And he sent me, brother, brother Jimmy, he sent me a list today of 50 reasons in the Bible that we are definitely in the very last days. I begin to look down that list of, of 50 reasons, and the guy, after he said it, he said, oh, there's more. But he said, I thought we'd just start with 50. And I begin to look at them, and I thought, check mark, check mark, check mark. And with every one of them is a scripture in the Bible, the scriptures in the Bible that, that, that shows that this is fulfilling and in the, in the, in the coming of the Lord is soon. When we begin to look at ourselves in light of the fact that we'll stand before the Lord one day. And, you know, I think that we, if we would really begin to wake up and realize that, hey, listen, there's a lot of things that we think is important that's not very important. And sometimes we almost look at ourselves and we care so much about ourselves and we think we deserve this or we deserve that. Can I tell you that? We don't deserve anything. We don't deserve heaven. We don't deserve salvation. We don't deserve the love of God. We don't deserve the mercy of God. We don't, forg- we don't deserve the forgiveness of sin. Not only is man unworthy to open that book, but he was also un- unworthy to, to read it or to look upon it. Isaiah puts it this way. Isaiah 64 verse 6 says, But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses, are as a filthy rag. And we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities are like the wind have taken us away. Kind of puts you in perspective when you're compared to God. And when you hear this angel proclaiming that no man can open the book, and no man can look at the book, and no man can read the book, it helps you to understand that, hey, listen, we're not much. You say, boy, this is really an uplifting message, preacher. <laughs> it is in a minute. Sometimes we got to look, we got to get on the bottom before we look up, amen? Right. And we're just dust. Bible says, dust thou art, and dust thou shalt return. I'm looking to skip that dust thou shalt return part. I'm looking for the rapture, amen? amen. But whatever the Lord wants. The fact is, is that we're dust. But do we realize how we're to approach the one who is worthy? You see, there is one who is worthy there. Look in verse 5 with me. He says, 
And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not. John, is he's watching this. He's listening to this angel. And as this angel is looking across all of heaven, and he's proclaiming there's nobody, there's no one that's worthy. And there's no, no man worthy. There's no, no person on earth. There's no person under the earth. There's no, pers- no man in heaven that's worthy. And, and John begins to cry because he wants to know what's in that book. He wants to know what's going to come forth from that book. And he begins to weep. He says, we, and the angel tells him, he says, And one of the elders saith unto, unto me, Weep not. Behold, now listen, behold the line of the tribe of Judah. Who is that? That's Jesus Christ. The root of David. Who's that, preacher? That's Jesus Christ. Hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain. The Bible talks about Jesus Christ going forth before the shears like a lamb that is dumb. It doesn't speak, doesn't make a sound. Jesus Christ, we can go back into the Old Testament and Jesus Christ is a, is a type of a lamb that was sacrificed at the Passover. When the blood was taken and struck across the doorpost, the top and the sides, so that the death angel would pass over the firstborn. Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God. Jesus Christ was slain for you and I as a lamb was slain in those sacrifices in the Old Testament. But Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God. He is the Lamb that is perfect. He is without spot and He is without blemish. It stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. Who's that preacher? That's the Heavenly Father. Who's got the book? The Heavenly Father does. He's holding his right hand. And the Lamb of God comes and takes the book out of his hand and he opens the book. You see, Jesus is the only one who is worthy to open the book in heaven and in earth. There's no one like him, no one in heaven, no one on earth. And and he he is the Lamb of God that was slain for you and me that we might be saved. That makes him worthy. He lived in this old sinful world yet without sin. That makes him worthy. Hebrews 4.15 says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. He's worthy for he is able to, to above all, uh, uh, he is able to do above all and that uh, we can even imagine. There's nothing that you can imagine but what he can do it. Absolutely everything. Paul said this in Ephesians chapter 3. Verse 20 said, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Verse 21 says, Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. He said that he is worthy. He's able to do all things. Even the Apostle Paul, as he was struck down on the on the, 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 the road to Damascus there, and, 
And uh, the Lord Jesus Christ spoke to him and, and he said, Lord, who art thou, Lord? And, and, and Jesus said, I am Jesus. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. It's hard for you to do against me. It's hard for you to live against me. From that time on, we know that Saul became the apostle, or became the apostle Paul, and much of our New Testament was was written by the apostle Paul. God used him in a powerful way, but even Paul was unworthy. Even Paul. We find that there's only one that's worthy. That's the Lamb of God that can take away the sins of the world. That loved you and me and went to the cross and died in our place. No one ever loved you like Jesus loved you. No one ever cared for you like Jesus cared for you. He's worthy. He's worthy. No one ever died and rose again the third day for you or me except for Jesus. He's worthy. You see, He is worthy of our worship. Revelations chapter 5 and beginning verse 8 says, And when He had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and gold vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. And hast made us unto our our God kings and priests. We shall reign on the earth. You realize that not only did he save you, not only did he shed his blood for you, but as he redeemed you, bought you back from your sin, he has made you kings and priests to live on this earth one day and, and, to, and to live in heaven forever and ever and ever. One day we'll rule and reign with Jesus Christ. Amen. We're not only heirs, but we're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Everything that he has, we have also. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. Verse 11 says, And I beheld and I heard a voice of many angels round about the throne and the beast and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. And notice what they're saying. Saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth, such as are in the sea and all that are in them, heard I saying, blessing and honor and glory And power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb forever and ever. Verse 14 says, And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down, and what? And worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. Worthy is the Lamb tonight for you and I to worship. 
Worthy is the Lamb. This worthy Lamb is to be worshipped by you and I. And in this name, the worthy Lamb is to remind us that He deserves our worship. If it was not for Jesus Christ, you and I would die and go to a devil's hell. If it was not for the hand and the protection of Jesus Christ, Satan would immediately, even after you're saved, sweep in and destroy you and me. Talk about the blessings. Oh, the blessings of Jesus Christ. Could I, I, I could go back to John and, 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 and begin to read as Jesus prayed for his disciples and he prayed for you and I also. Prayed for us. Though we were not even born at that time. Jesus, he talked to those who would come afterward and he prayed for us that we would follow him and that we would live for him, that we would serve him and that God would put a hedge of protection about us and would watch over us and would deliver us from the, the, the wiles of the devil. He's worthy. He is a worthy lamb. There is none like him. All other lambs are unworthy. You see, if you go back into the Old Testament and you begin to see the sacrifices of the lambs and they would take the lamb and they would put that lamb up and they would watch it and, it would, and they would make sure that there was no spot or blemish on that lamb before they would sacrifice it. And, and, there, and, and when they was, before they left Egypt, before that, the Passover, the death angel would come over, they made sure that they looked at that lamb, they made sure there was no spot or blemish or sore or anything wrong with it. They put it up and they watched it to make sure that it wasn't sickly because they knew that it had to be a, a lamb without spot and without blemish. But even that lamb without spot and blemish is not worthy. For had it been worthy, Jesus wouldn't have had to die. All it could do is make a covering for a while. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden... The Lord had to shed blood, take that coat of skins to cover them. And down through the ages until Jesus Christ came and went to Calvary for you and I, those lambs, though they were without spot, though they had no blemish, though that they, everything was just right about them, and they shed their blood and they offered it upon the altar and the Lord accepted it. It still wasn't worthy enough. There had to be a worthy lamb. There had to be the Son of God. Jesus Christ. And could I say tonight, He is worthy of our worship. He is worthy of our praise. He is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy. And it's time as that the church, we quit playing the games and begin to realize who the Lamb of God is and that the Lamb of God is worthy. He's worthy. They worshiped Him. One day we'll also bow with Him and we'll worship Him also there. Jesus Christ is worthy of our worship not only in heaven but right now. You see... It's more than just bowing a knee, and bowing a knee is right. 
It's bowing a heart. It is bowing the knee. It's a humbling of ourselves before Him. James chapter 4 and verse 10 says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He shall lift you up. Why do we need to humble ourselves? Because He's worthy. And we're unworthy. We're not able to open the book. We're not able to loose the seals. We're unworthy. 1 Peter 5, 5 says, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, and giveth grace to the humble. Oh, how we need to humble ourselves. 1 Peter 5, 6 he goes on and says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. And I think that what I'm trying to get us to see here, that he's worthy for worship. And so in order to worship him, we must humble our hearts. We must humble ourselves before him. We need to testify of his goodness. We need to sing praise to his name. In verse 9 there it says, And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God thy blood, uh, to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. And thou hast made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. He's worthy for us to sing praises to his name. You know, sometimes we, we, we come in and we put the song up on the, on the screen or we pick up the, our hymnals and we turn to such and such page and, and uh, uh, we, we begin to sing and everything and, and we're thinking about something else and we're thinking about what i got to do tomorrow and we're thinking about, well, i got to do this after church and, oh, I need to talk to so-and-so after church. And the whole time we're moving our mouth and we're singing the song because we know the songs. Boy, we need to stop. And begin to sing to him. And lift him up. Well, preacher, I thought just a beautiful noise. We're getting gathered. Just go. No, he's worthy. He's worthy. In heaven, they sang unto him in heaven. I don't think that they were saying, hey, you know what? We wrote a new song. Let's try it out. They begin to sing of his praise and his goodness. Lift him up and exalt him because he's worthy. He's a worthy lamb. He's worthy. He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our worship. Jesus is worthy. Could I get you to bring, bring that to your forefront of your mind? That he's the worthy lamb. He's worthy to be served. You know, we give our time to all kinds of things. We get involved in all kinds of things, and that's all right. But he is worthy to be served. You've heard people say, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm helping with this project in the community. It is, it's, it, it's a good project, and it's, it's, it's worth your while and everything. That's fine. I'm not against that. But could I tell you that there's one that's worthy to be served? Worthy is the Lamb. 
for us to live for him, to serve him, to pass out gospel tracts to others so that they might know our wonderful Savior, to tell others of what Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God that is worthy, what he did for us. Hey, that makes him so worthy because he shed his blood and rose again that I could have forgiveness of sin and be saved. He's worthy to serve, worthy to serve, to work in the church. And yeah, maybe even some of these jobs that we're going to be working on, you know, hey, he's worthy. This is his house. This is, this is his church. This is his building. We're the church, but this is his building. It all belongs to him. The things that, hey, if it's teaching a Sunday school class, he's worthy. If it's working on a bus, he's worthy. If it's working in some other ministry with maybe maybe uh, uh, the uh, older adults, uh, he's worthy. If it's working with kids down in, in children's church, he's worthy. If it's, if it's working in the nursery, changing them, ooh, those diapers down there, oh, he's worthy. If it's cleaning a bathroom and, 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 you know, one of them porcelain fountains, he's worthy. For me to humble myself to do that. Say, preacher, you probably, oh yeah, I hug them things every once in a while. Do this and that. You can't work on one of them without hugging them. (laughs) He's worthy for us to serve him. He's worthy for us to mow the yard. He's worthy for us, uh, of us to knock on doors and invite people. Or to see somebody at the stores, hey, I'd like you to come to church. We got a crazy bald headed preacher, man, come watch him. <laughs> He's worthy for us to serve him, to get involved, to sing for him, to play for him, to help others for him. He's worthy to be trusted. Somebody quoted, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean on to thine own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. And Brother Jim did, talking about trusting the Lord. We got some people that's trusting the Lord right now. They got, uh, Brother Jim is and some others waiting on, on doctors. You, you spend half your time, uh, the doctor's appointments, is, they go about bang, bang, bang real fast, but you, you, it takes about two or three weeks or two or three months to get into them. And so you got to wait and so, well, the whole time. You need to be trusting God. But can I tell you that he is, he is worthy to be trusted? No, you can't trust everybody. I called a guy today, and Hunter, Hunter's uh, a truck kind of laid down him, and I, I called a, a dealership, uh, not in this town, but another town, and I seen something on, online, and, and, and he said, okay, I'll get back with you. The guy still hadn't called me. I, I didn't want it, you know, it wasn't talking about a Christmas gift. And, and, and it's hard to trust people today. They say they do something, they won't show up. You, you need this work done, then you say, oh, I'll be there next Thursday. They don't show up. Well, you call and say, well, I'll be there tomorrow. And they don't show up. And, and they don't show up. You can't trust them. But there's one that we can trust. There's one that is worthy of our trust, even though we can't figure it out, even though we don't understand it, even though it looks like, man, that don't seem like that would be the right thing to do, we can trust Him. He is worthy to be trusted.
He's worthy. He's the worthy lamb. He's worthy to be proclaimed. He's worthy to be followed. He's worthy to be loved and to pronounce your love to him and to, and to, and to lay your love before him. He'll not, he'll not step on your love. He, he's worthy to be loved. He's worthy to be obeyed when you get in the book and you begin to see what he tells you to do and, and how to live your life and, and what you're to, how you're to act and how you're to live for him. Hey, listen, he's worthy to be lived for and to be obeyed. He's worthy to be exalted. He's our greatest friend. He's our greatest loved one. He's our, the greatest of all. We got people today who, who they're just exalting this ball player and that ball player and this person and that person. Can I tell you what? There's one that is worthy to be exalted, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. He's worthy. He's the one we're to lift up. He's the worthy Lamb. You say, preacher, when I think about worthy lamb, it just, those two words for some reason don't go together because it seemed like a little lamb is just a little, have you ever watched those little, little, little lambs and stuff? They wander here and there. Not the same lamb. This is the worthy lamb. The lamb of God. Jesus Christ. And I believe when we look at this and we see his name as the lamb and when you place the title there that says worthy is the lamb that they go together for us to understand from his name, the worthy lamb that he deserves all from us. He's worthy of it. He's worthy. There is no one like him. Let's bow. Father, we thank you. As we look into the scripture, we see that we have a worthy lamb. Not just any lamb. Not just any sacrifice. Not just any person. Not just a man. Not just an angel but a worthy lamb, Jesus Christ, the very Son of God, that's worthy of our worship, worthy of our praise, worthy of, uh, of us proclaiming Him, worthy of us following Him, worthy of us loving Him, worthy of us obeying Him, worthy of, of us exalting Him and serving Him and trusting Him. Lord, I pray that You'd help us to Wrap our minds around how worthy He is. And that we would begin to live for Him in a greater way. Oh, especially as we see this, the last days coming down and the soon return of this worthy Lamb that's coming back for us. We can trust Him. He said He's come back. We can trust Him. He's worthy. Maybe tonight the we just need to find a place and kneel. Just like we will be one of these days when we come into His presence. We'll kneel. We'll bow before. And we'll proclaim His name. That He is Lord. Have your will and way, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me tonight?